Hello and welcome. This is Reverend Mark Bishop, Interim Pastor here at St. Paul United Church of Christ in Wapakoneta, Ohio, where no matter who you are or where you are on life's journey, you are welcome here. We say this because we try to live God's extravagant welcome. You are always welcome to be a part of our family at St. Paul UCC here in Wapak. May God bless us abundantly as we worship together. This Sunday is always a little bit awkward liturgically because of the church year and, and where the baptism of Jesus falls. Yesterday was the 12th night of Christmas, and we re remember that tradition of that Christmas is not just one day. It's a season of peace. It's a season of appropriating into our spiritual lives the peace of God as we celebrate with our families, as we give gifts, and all the things that we do to, to celebrate Christmas. And of course, traditionally, the sermon on Twelfth Night on Epiphany would be on the arrival of the kings. But we're not going to do that this year because we're going to talk about Jesus' baptism 30 years later, and I think this is an interesting juxtaposition, baptism and incarnation. It was the beginning of God's incarnation, this nativity scene. It is the beginning of our Christian lives, this baptismal font different things but having the diff the same purpose if we as infants don't remember it doesn't really matter because baptism is about god's love for us before we even deserve it that's what the incarnation is about before they even knew what to expect, what type of Messiah to expect. This infant child was born. Baptism, infant baptism at least, is mostly about the pledge of the parents and godparents to teach each son or daughter until the time when each child will make an adult commitment. And so, it just happens to be that we're starting confirmation 
this afternoon with four of our young people who have come to that age. Confirmation is really the adult decision part of baptism. It's not a separate rite. It's really tied to our baptism because if you think about it in the early days only as Paul is described in the book of Acts they only baptized well actually they baptized whole families so they baptized adults and children all at the same time. And the emphasis then was on believing. And that's what we're going to get at in this sermon this morning. Believing what? What is the significance of baptism? We don't talk about the, the one aspect that was always a part of the early church's baptizing, the spiritual gifts of the Holy Spirit. In this case, prophesying, prophesying and speaking in tongues. Luke tells the story this way. Paul came to Ephesus where he found some disciples. He found some disciples. These were not disciples that he had made. These were people that had formed a small church in Ephesus, and he had not been the one to teach them. And he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you became believers? And they replied, no, we've not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Now, we need to not take that dialogue too literally because it, it really isn't that simple. Anyone who's read the Hebrew scriptures or the First Testament knows that God's spirit is mentioned everywhere in, in, and sometimes not with that same terminology, Holy Spirit. And so I've included in our readings this morning one of the early ways that they talked about the Spirit of God. From the First Testament, we hear in the first chapter of Genesis, the earth was a formless void and darkness covered the face of the deep while a wind from God swept over the face of the earth. Wind, breath, the breath of God is what brought life to Adam and Eve. The wind of God is what created first the light from the darkness on the first day. This wind, this breath is life itself, is the mystery of life itself. Because when it says, God said, let there be light, it just says, and there was light. You know, the power of God's word is not like we treat words. Sometimes we treat words as if they don't matter in our culture, as if we can say anything and it's of no consequence. 
that it doesn't have any effect. That's not the truth. When we speak, we create, a, 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 in a sense, we create what we're talking about. And if we speak lies, we create a lie. If we speak the truth, we create the truth by the way we speak. Our words have some power, certainly not the same kind of power that God has. And so there's lots and lots of advice in the scriptures about us speaking truth, being speak, true speakers. So the point of the story isn't that they didn't know about God's spirit of creativity and power. It's, it, didn't, they, it wasn't that they didn't know it existed, but that they, they thought that was only God's, that it didn't really have any implications for us. Paul was a master teacher, a, 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 an amazing theologian that still inspires people today or makes them pull their hair out trying to understand. Uh, Paul was a master at pushing early be believers to a new kind of baptism of the, the Holy Spirit. He asked them what type of baptism they had experienced. And then he said, in Acts it said, uh, then he said, into what then were you baptized? And they answered, into John's baptism. And Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in the one who was to come after him. And this is the shortest sermon ever preached. That is in Jesus. John's baptism was one of preparation, was one of repentance. And repentance is really about morality, isn't it? It's really about turning your life around, reforming your life, stopping the, the sinning that you're, that, that you're doing and creating a, a new moral behavior in, in oneself and waiting for the Messiah doesn't really say much about God other than that we're waiting for God. This scene says that that has changed, that God has come, and that baptism is about believing that God has come into our lives, even if we can't remember being baptized as infants God loves us before we even know we need it. Isn't that really at the core of the faith? Our faith is much more than being a good moral person. You can do that without the church. You can do that without, without needing God. Lots of folks are saying that these days, right? Baptism is about knowing that God is working in our human spirits with a small s, our not-so-holy spirits, molding us, shaping us, pushing us 
Yes, sometimes calling us to repentance, as John did, but mostly being empowered by the Holy Spirit. Luke describes the scene as he goes on. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. Now, we don't usually talk about the gifts of the Spirit in the same traditional way, speaking in tongues and prophesying. We emphasize other more modern ways of talking about this, don't we? We emphasize that being baptized initiates us into the reality that God graciously gives us a means to have our sins and mistakes forgiven, even before we know we need to be forgiven sometimes. And ultimately, to be welcomed into God's presence when we die, even though chances are we have and will all fall short, maybe very short, of what God had in mind for our lives. God welcomes us anyway. God graciously welcomes us into the kingdom of heaven. We believe that God is still speaking to us, right? We say that a lot. If we, take, if we will take the time to listen in prayer through Bible study and occasionally by God speaking to us through messengers who come to us, pastors who preach a particularly good sermon that touches us, moves us, and shapes us. Bible studies that explode our insight into who God is and what we are called to do and be as the church. And of course, by the lifelong discipline of prayer, because prayer is not easy, is it? It's, it's not easy. It's easy, easy to let it be the one thing that we know we should do, but we just don't have time. We know we should do, but we're afraid we're not any good at it. You know, there's a lot of obstacles to being a praying Christian. And so that's why I think we need worship every Sunday is we need a reminder. Yeah, don't, don't forget. Don't forget to pray. Don't forget to nurture the love and the grace and the forgiveness of God in your own lives. I want to end with one more point about baptism, though, and that's what happened when Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist. He's... God says to him, you are my beloved, my beloved son. And I want to challenge you to, to, to consider the fact that it, God doesn't just say that to Jesus, although certainly it's a special case of incarnation, that God, when we are baptized, says to each of you, you 
are my beloved. Yeah, you. Really, you. It's hard to believe, isn't it? You are my beloved. And so I'm going to ask us to do something a little different today instead of talking you to death, which is I usually do as in a sermon, right? I'm going to ask you to do something. I'm going to ask you to consider rededicating yourself to this path of wisdom and knowledge and understanding, to open your spirits to God speaking to you, and to have a prayer of rededication prayed over you, you are my beloved. As we prepare for this, I want you to think about people who have inspired you by example. Okay, think of a person who has been an inspiration to you in your faith. But we also need words, we need wisdom. We teach each other, that's the truth. We teach each other, that's why we need each other. Yeah, we can come up with a kind of limited sense of what the gospel of Jesus Christ is on our own. But we need each other to have a full understanding of what it means to believe in Jesus and to follow Jesus. We're going to start with the confirmands because we have a special uh, special uh, gift for them. And so I'd ask each of the confirmands to come up. Emery Preston, Addison Snyder, Alexis Snyder, and Braden Wireman. Come forward. We uh, asked Jen to come up because she's also going to be helping us teach confirmation class this year. And we really appreciate that. And uh, Pastor Anthony has been, ha helped last year. We're going to do that together. So the three of us are going to be talking about your faith. And we're going to hope that in this year or five months of study that, uh, that you will grow in wisdom, that you will be inspired to come to a time of decision where you will renew your baptism by having... There's one thing in the scripture we didn't mention, and that is that Paul laid hands on when he baptized. And we're going to do that in May 19th uh, uh, on Confirmation Sunday, Pentecost. We're going to lay hands on you and pray that the Holy Spirit come into your life in a new way. And so we are just delighted that you're beginning this journey, and we'd ask the, us to, to pray together. Please bow your heads in prayer. We give you thanks, O God, that through water and the Holy Spirit you gave your daughters and sons new birth, cleansed them from sin, and raised them to eternal life, sustained them with the gift of your Holy Spirit, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord, the spirit of joy in your presence, both now and forever. Amen. 
We pray that you have found blessing and enrichment in joining us for worship today, as we are truly blessed to have you worship with us. Peace and blessings to you, and thank you for joining us today. If you would like to support the ministries of St. Paul United Church of Christ here in Wapakoneta, you can do so in three ways. First, you can mail in your gifts to St. Paul at P.O. Box 147, Wapakoneta, Ohio, 45895. Secondly, you can send your gifts online from our website, stpaulucc.com. Lastly, you can text the amount you would like to give by texting us at 844 971 1800. Come join us again at St. Paul United Church of Christ here in Wapakoneta, where no matter who you are or where you are on life's journey, you are welcome here.